Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer, like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Tonight, the tornado outbreak carving a deadly trail of destruction. The drone footage showing the widespread destruction in the south. Confirmed EF2 and EF3 tornadoes touching down in Alabama. At least nine people killed across two states. One mother riding out the storm in a bathtub with her two-year-old son as their home was torn to shreds. Our Morgan Chesky on the ground with their harrowing tale of survival. The shocking revelation after a six-year-old student shot his teacher. The school admitting an employee was warned the child had a gun hours before the incident. But a search of his backpack turned up nothing. The growing questions tonight from parents. Why weren't the police called earlier? The new fallout from the Biden classified documents investigation. Sources telling NBC News one of the files found was marked top secret. The government's highest classification. Kristen Welker pressing the White House tonight. Will the president testify if called before the special counsel? Disturbing body cam footage out of Los Angeles. Officers responding to a car accident repeatedly tasing one of the men in Involved. That man later dying at the hospital. The investigation just launched. Overseas, a gas explosion sending a giant fireball more than 150 feet in the air. Evacuations now underway. Plus, the shocking takedown caught on camera. A man wielding a knife in a Walmart. The customer who took justice into his own hands. And we'll show you the emotional speech at the Golden Globes that brought on a wave of nostalgia and brought down the house. The former child star from cult classics like The Goonies and Indiana Jones, now starring in one of the most critically acclaimed movies of the year. His remarkable second act, decades in the making. Top Story starts right now. And good evening. We begin Top Story tonight with those devastating scenes across the South. The death toll climbing after a deadly tornado outbreak tore across six states. At least nine people killed. The loss of life and homes and livelihoods has been catastrophic. And we want to show you tonight some of the images that are coming into our newsroom right now. A surveillance camera at a car wash in Moulton, Alabama, showing the moment an EF1 ripped a building to shreds. The National Weather Service now conforming this powerful twister that you see right here that tore through central Alabama was an EF3. Winds reaching up to 165 miles per hour. At least seven people killed in that area alone. And the damage there is simply catastrophic. You look at all the damage here. These are homes. These are people's lives. Some residents were turning to pick up the pieces. Our Morgan Chesky is there with the story of one family that rode out the storm in their bathtub as their home collapsed around them. His report in a moment as part of our full team coverage. But we want to begin with NBC's Blaine Alexander, who leads us off tonight from Selma, Alabama. Even an eagle-eye view can barely tell the full story of the storm's devastation. Across parts of the South, terrifying pictures of tornado sightings. With more than three dozen reported tornadoes stretching across six states, including hard-hit Alabama, where some counties are under a state of emergency. In Selma, much of downtown took a direct hit. Inetta Smith has lived on this street most of her life. This is your mother's house. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is your house. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, she says, both are uninhabitable. When the storm hit, her 78-year-old mother was right in the living room. Miraculously, she barely had a scratch. She heard the um, windows breaking and the um, walls crackling and the walls falling in. The storms brought winds so powerful they left power lines littering the streets, leaving tens of thousands without power. Roofs are just gone and trees look like toothpicks. Governor Kay Ivey visited the damage. And I'm going to make a call and try to talk to the president to encourage him to expedite the state of emergency. In Georgia, more devastation and deaths, including a five-year-old child killed when a tree fell on the family car and a state government employee who was out responding to the storm. While January tornadoes are not unheard of, the sheer strength of the storms and the number of them are unusual for the dead of winter. 
Back in Selma, a city known for its role in the civil rights movement, Green Street Baptist Church was under renovation. It stood for more than 100 years. People were able to come here and worship. People that uh, came from out of town were able to have somewhere to sleep. And they eat. had somewhere to eat. For so many across the South, those very places are now in ruins. And Blaine Alexander joins Top Story tonight from Selma, Alabama. Blaine, anytime you see a brick wall just tossed around like it is behind you, I mean, it is an unbelievable sight. You mentioned in your report there are three dozen tornadoes in this historic city. Talk to us about the sense in that community after surviving this horrific round of tornadoes. And, you know, that's one thing that really has been stunning about this, really, Thomas, just how widespread this damage is. So when you talk about those reported tornadoes, that's across a number of states. And people have just been as terrified in state after state, uh, basically seeing either tornadoes or hearing the train-like sounds come through that they always talk about. Now, here in Selma, when I've spoken to people, they really have said, uh, you know, I spoke to one woman who says she's lived here the better part of her life. She's never seen storms like this blow through. Certainly something that caught a lot of people off guard. Yeah, and as your photographer zooms out there, we just see that destruction. It's even worse than what we thought. It's incredible. A lot of people died during these tornadoes, but in Selma, which was hit so hard, it appears everyone survived. How did that happen? You know, Tom, there's not a single person that we spoke to today that didn't marvel at that fact. You know, people who said that they had homes that were uninhabitable, people, the two people who, uh, you know, have been involved in the renovation of this church even, they said, yes, I look at the devastation, this is heartbreaking. But at the same time, they said to me simply, they feel so blessed because they didn't lose anybody they love. They didn't lose a member of their community. And they say that really puts a lot of this into perspective. When we've talked to people, they've had to hide in freezers. They've had to duck for cover at the last minute. But either way, they have come out alive, Tom. Okay, Blaine Alexander for us. Blaine, we appreciate that. Now to one family story of survival. Morgan Chesky in one of the hardest hit areas. And he spoke to the Johnson family who lost so much but are grateful to have made it through a terrifying tornado. For Leah Johnson, it's the heartbreaking view she somehow calls a blessing. When you look at that and you realize your daughter was inside there. I feel crushed because I wasn't here with her, but I'm very blessed and thankful that she lived. Her home turned inside out, shredded by a deadly tornado. You see it on TV, it looks a lot different when you're standing in it and it's your house. But that's not the only reason. Her world was turned upside down when she realized the storm was headed straight towards her daughter, Amber, and two-year-old grandson, James. I was terrified. And Amber says when her mom called yelling, take shelter, she knew exactly where to go. When you get in that bathtub with James, what are you telling him? It's going to be okay. Mommy's got you. Mommy's got you. That's all I could say was come sit with Mommy. Mommy's got you. Mommy's got you. Hold on to Mommy. And that's almost exactly when it struck. It picked us up sideways, and um, we rolled around a little bit, and then... We stopped moving, and I looked up, and there was some roofing on us, and I pushed it off, and I told him to hold on to Mommy. You closed your eyes as it hit, and when you opened them, you were outside. Yes. Somehow, Amber clung to James, the two both bruised and gashed by debris, but alive. If your mom doesn't call you and say, hey, get to shelter, where would you have been? In our bed, which is now over there, that white on top of the tree, that's our mattress and that we were laying down for a nap. Today, the family returned, salvaging as many memories as they could, not to mention a family member. The Johnsons pulling their own dog from the rubble. Got it, babe. Along with precious remnants of the past. There's a picture of y'all in the uh, house when we first got it. History saved by a family blessed to still be here. I'm blessed. I know we lost everything. But maybe a few clothes and some pictures, but uh, because she's alive, I'm okay. Morgan Chesky joins us now live from Otaga County, right in front of that home that he was just reporting on where the Johnsons lived. And Morgan, it is so hard to believe that that family made it out alive. How are other people in that neighborhood doing? 
Yeah, Tom, we know in this immediate area, everyone was able to survive, but a testament to how tight-knit this area is. Otaga County only has about 50,000 people in the entire county. When I mentioned that at least seven other people had been reported killed by this tornado, uh, both of the Johnson here said... We know uh, they were members of the same church, and their thoughts went out to those folks who were not as lucky as this family was over the last 24 hours. Tom? Morgan Chesky with just an absolute incredible story tonight here on Top Story. Morgan, we appreciate your reporting. We, we are just can't believe that how that family survived. For more on the forecast, NBC News meteorologist Bill Cairns joins us now. And Bill, before we start, I do want to ask you, I mean, this, this was pretty incredible what happened. We knew these, these storms were bad, but I think this kind of took a lot of people by surprise, right? Uh, going into the day, we knew we'd have a chance of severe weather, damaging winds, isolated tornadoes. You know, if you were to ask any forecaster, are we going to have 37 tornadoes? We all would have said, no, this shouldn't be a big outbreak. But sometimes Mother Nature has different ideas. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like that one where Morgan was standing, that's going to be either an EF3 or an EF4 by the time they grade it. And, and is, is, is Tornado Alley shifting? Because over the past couple months, we've been talking a lot about tornadoes in the south, not necessarily traditionally where you find them. Yeah, people for meteorologists for a while, we've been saying, you know, we've been having a lot more outbreaks like this one in areas of Tennessee and uh, Arkansas and also down through Mississippi. And a study has been done and it has been confirmed. There's a downward trend in what we call the traditional tornado alley, Kansas, Oklahoma and Texas, and an uptick in what we call the Tennessee Valley. So it's not your imagination. Uh, finally, update us on California. We were talking about California earlier this week. We know they were getting hit with relentless storms. Where are we right now? Well, we've seen one go through today, and then tomorrow is the next one, and then we have one more bigger one, it looks like, as we go Sunday into Monday. So this is Saturday at 8 p.m., heavy rain in areas of Los Angeles, so be careful if you have evening plans in that area. We're worried about landslides, debris flows, and then by the time we get to the end of the weekend, so this Sunday morning is fine, but here comes that next storm into Sunday, into Sunday night. We're worried about this one for Southern California, high winds, potential flooding, and maybe even landslides with that one. So again... One to four inches. Each storm by itself, Tom, is not an issue. But when we combine all three in the next couple of days, we're going to have more flooding problems. Okay, we'll be talking about it next week, Bill. We appreciate that. We want to turn out of the alarming update on that six-year-old who shot his teacher in Virginia last week. The school superintendent revealing they got a tip earlier that day that the first grader may have had a gun. The child's backpack was actually searched by school officials, but no gun was found. Katie Beck tonight, the latest on this investigation. Tonight, shocking new details revealed after a six-year-old shot his teacher in a Virginia school last week. The school superintendent revealing that a school administrator was told the child may have brought a gun to school that day. At least one administrator was notified of a possible weapon in the timeline that we're, that we're reviewing um, um, and was aware that that student had, there was a potential that a weapon was on campus. The superintendent also saying a school staffer searched the child's backpack but found nothing. Hours after the search, the first grade student shot his teacher, Abigail Zwerner, in the chest with a 9mm handgun. The 25-year-old hailed a hero for managing to get the rest of her class to safety. I believe that Miss Zwerner, Abigail, that she saved lives on Friday. Zwerner remains hospitalized in stable condition. Parents now demanding answers on how this could have happened. Maria Navarrete has two kids that attend Richneck Elementary. She says she doesn't feel comfortable sending them back to school until more is done to prevent this from happening again. Just the whisper of a gun should have been uh, a phone call to the police with multiple school shootings happening, you know, around the U.S. The community pushing the school system to do more to protect students and teachers. Newport News police say they never got a call about that initial tip concerning the gun and the school district hasn't revealed how that tip came to them and if the boy was physically searched after nothing was recovered in his backpack. No one has yet been charged in this case, but the investigation is ongoing. Tom? Katie Beck with that stunning new development. Okay, thank you for that. Next to Washington and the ongoing fallout for the Biden administration, now under investigation over the handling of classified documents, at least one of which we've now learned was marked top secret. The Republican-led House Judiciary Committee launching another probe into the classified material. This as President Biden's faces growing criticism with his own parties and with his own allies. NBC News Chief White House Correspondent Kristen Welker has the latest. You know, uh, Tonight, President Biden at the White House ignoring questions about the newly appointed special counsel. Okay. 
the president now the focus of a criminal investigation into whether he mishandled classified documents, which were found at two locations not approved for storing classified material, including inside his garage at his home in Delaware and his former private office that he used after the vice presidency, where we're learning at least one of the classified documents was marked with the government's highest classification, top secret, according to a senior U.S. official and another person familiar with the matter. NBC News has also learned multiple aides who once worked for then-Vice President Biden have been interviewed by federal law enforcement officials, according to two people familiar with the matter. The White House facing growing criticism for not telling the public about the classified documents for over two months. The first batch was discovered by Biden attorneys on November 2nd, a week before the midterms. Yet there was no public announcement by the White House until just this week, and only in response to a media report. Today, House Republicans demanding answers, launching a new investigation. His attorney found these documents a week before the midterm elections. Clearly, they had to have notified their client, the president of the United States, and yet nothing was done about it. And uh, they, they swept this under the rug. They hid it until it was leaked uh, to the media. Tonight, multiple allies of President Biden tell NBC News they're growing frustrated with how the White House is handling the controversy, saying it's being made worse by the fact that Biden officials are giving few details. One ally calling it a misstep, not to be more transparent. Now, the president facing the possibility of being interviewed by the special counsel. We pressed the White House. Would the president agree to sit for an on-the-record in-person just, just not. I'm not going to get into specifics or get ahead of what's going to happen. Kristen Welker joins us tonight from the White House. Kristen, one of the things that really stands out in your reporting to me tonight is that even the president's own allies are criticizing him and the White House for the handling of this and the way they rolled all of this out, if you will, or not rolling out, to, to, to be completely frank. How, what are they saying tonight about their own allies criticizing them? Yeah, really good question, Tom. The White House not responding publicly, but one source familiar with the thinking behind the scenes here tells NBC News, look, they have been weighing their desire not to upset the Justice Department by releasing what they're calling, quote, granular details. Meanwhile, the president will be facing all of this when he delivers his State of the Union address, which we delivered will be, Feb we learned will be February 7th. Tom. Yeah, talk to me about that, because now he's got to prepare for the State of the Union, right, with the whole country. We'll be watching to hear what he has to say, and we're also possibly awaiting an announcement on a re-election campaign. Right. It, it, the optics are just stunning. And, Tom, this will be the first State of the Union the president will be delivering before a Republican-controlled Congress. Remember that. He's already, of course, facing these investigations, which have been launched against him by the Republican-led House, investigations into him and his family. And, of course, these classified documents will undoubtedly add yet another layer to all of those tensions. So the question is whether the White House will change strategy and potentially give more information about those classified documents before for his address. And perhaps the biggest question looming over all of this, what you just said, Tom, is how this might impact the timing or even the substance of a reelection campaign if he decides to run again, Tom. All right, Kristen Welker and our White House team with a lot of new reporting on this story all week. The Trump Organization was fined $1.6 million today for a 15-year criminal tax fraud scheme. A New York judge handing down the maximum penalty possible in the case. Last month, the Trump Organization was convicted on 17 felonies, including tax fraud and falsifying business records. The only individual charge in this case was the company's former CFO, Alan Weisselberg. He pleaded guilty in August and this week was sentenced to five months in prison. Okay, we want to head overseas now to the war in Ukraine, where Russia is claiming to have captured the eastern Ukrainian town of Solodar. Furious fighting, nearly destroying the region and packing hospitals with wounded soldiers. Ukraine says this latest offensive is just a reflection of the power struggle within Putin's inner circle. Here's NBC's foreign correspondent Matt Bradley to explain. Tonight, after months of embarrassing setbacks, Russia says it's taken the eastern Ukrainian town of Solodar. But the brutal fighting has left it in ruins and left medics racing through the wreckage to pick up the wounded, like this Ukrainian man. It's close combat. We have gunshots. We have... Uh, grenade shrapnel wounds and so on. Incredibly, there are still civilians in this region. This is how we survive, she says. We walk and cry. No one's thinking about people. But Ukraine's military insists Solodar hasn't fallen. We will never give up, this soldier said. 
Russia says taking Solodar will help them conquer the larger city of Bakhmut nearby, but both towns have little strategic importance. Ukrainian officials believe this fight is about a power struggle in President Putin's inner circle between Russia's military and a Russian oligarch. That flag isn't Russia's. It belongs to a private army owned by Evgeny Prigozhin. Do you think that Prigozhin is doing all of this in Solodar and Bakhmut in order to further his own political ambitions? I would say that's the case, in particular strengthening his position in the apparatus that surrounds Putin. This is his only way to survive in the Russian Federation. Yeah, Tom, and as Russia gains that little amount of ground, Western countries are under pressure to up their ante. We've just heard in the past couple of days that the German government may be about to allow for the resale of those much sought after Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine. That's a line that so far Washington has been unwilling to cross. Tom? A major development if it happens. Okay, we thank you, Matt, for that. Still ahead, the disturbing body camera footage out of Los Angeles. A man tased by police multiple times, later dying at the hospital. His cousin, a co-founder of the Black Lives Matter movement, her message tonight. Plus the massive explosion overseas. Take a look at that. A fireball shooting 150 feet into the sky will tell you what happened. And the Dallas Zoo on lockdown today after a leopard escaped its enclosure. The update just into the newsroom. We'll tell you about it. Stay with us. Top story just getting started on this Friday. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. We're back now with recently released body cam footage showing a confrontation between a black man and a Los Angeles police officer. The police officer ended up using his taser and that man dying later that day. An investigation is now underway and a warning. The video you're about to see is disturbing. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez with the video and the story. Around 3.35 p.m. on January 3rd, an LAPD officer rides up to a traffic collision. Bystanders point to the man they say caused the crash, Keenan Anderson. The officer confronts him. Hey, stop right there. Get up against the wall. Get up against the wall. Anderson appears to comply for several minutes, but then starts to run away. Now, get down over there. Turn over on your stomach right now. More officers arrive. Please don't do this, sir. Please. Help me, please. Help me, please. No, please help me. Help me, please. At one point, Anderson yells. They're trying to do a Stop it. Stop it. I'm going to take it. Yes, sir. Okay, stop it. I'm going to take it. Stop it, yes. Stop yes. An officer deploys his taser repeatedly. Anderson is handcuffed, taken to a hospital, and later dies. After approximately four and a half hours following the use of force, Anderson experienced a medical emergency. The 31-year-old was a 10th grade English teacher in Washington, D.C., who was visiting family in Los Angeles. I was in shock. Anderson was also a cousin of Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors, who says he tried to flag down police. My cousin asked for help, and that's not what he received. What I saw was a man who was afraid for his life and was pleading for help and was trying to protect himself. Eyewitness cell phone video released by the department appears to show an Uber driver telling another bystander that Anderson caused the crash and ran away. Yeah, the police is doing the right uh, job right now. Don't think that the police is abusing him. He was trying to go away. Police say a preliminary toxicology report found Anderson had cocaine and marijuana in his system. Tom? Okay, Gabe Gutierrez for us. That of the murder case that gripped the country, Brian Koberger appearing in court this week, standing accused of murder, of murdering four college students in the dead of night. 
Dateline's Keith Morrison spoke with some friends and family of those young victims. Here's a preview. I went into complete shock, absolute complete shock. I, I, I couldn't cry. I couldn't think. The Gonsalves family's daughter, Kaylee, along with her best friend, Maddie Mogan, roommate, Zanna Kernodal, and Zanna's boyfriend, Ethan Chapin, had all been found dead in this house on King Road, just a couple of blocks from campus. Killed just hours, really, after this. All four decked out in game-day gear before that Vandal football game. What's it like seeing all this happen in your hometown, and that place you love so much? It breaks my heart. Haley Gensner is a reporter for KHQ, our local NBC affiliate. She grew up in Moscow, attended the university, and once lived just off King, a beloved strip of homes where sorority and fraternity members often moved to spend their final semesters at school. I lived the exact life that they were living. And so it just, it really hit close to home. Like, how could this happen? No one, it seemed, had a clue about that or what to think or feel after the city's first homicide in seven years. Moscow police were clearly working the crime scene, but publicly were saying, not a word about what they'd found inside, about what had happened, or who might have done it. And with that, Dateline's Keith Morrison joins Top Story tonight. Keith, the reporter you spoke to there, our colleague, a local NBC reporter, gave you some sense of yep. the shock in Moscow. And, you know, there are towns like Moscow all across the United States that every Friday night they'll watch Dateline and say that kind of thing would never happen in this town. But it happened right there in that Idaho small town. What, what, has that sure sunk did. in? And, and what was the realization that, that you came across from speaking to people there? Well, it's, certain, it's still sinking in. Uh, the students are coming back to class. The town is trying to get going again. I know they bravely put on their Christmas parade and kind of kept going. But, uh, but this was a deep wound in that small community and across the river in Pullman and the neighboring community that then became involved in this story. Uh, I've never seen a case so, you know, the world has embraced this story and so much misinformation about it as well. I've just never seen anything quite this wild before. Yeah, the, the, the Internet sleuths, if you will, and, and the Reddit boards yeah. sort of exploded over this because it was just so shocking. Um, this case has been so public, as you mentioned. In some ways, it's just the beginning. The first preliminary hearing we reported this week is not going to happen until the end of June. And we've sure. heard from the Gonzalez family a lot. I know you interviewed them as well. How yes. has it been for the families to grieve? Because we really have not heard from the three other families in this, in this case. Uh, and they have declined. They have declined to speak. They they want to grieve in private. They want to do. Uh, I think they have. They've probably left it to the Gonsalves family to express the views that they have. Um, you know, each family makes its own decision, um, and you have to respect people's privacy. But uh, the Gonsalveses, I think, uh, felt that they needed to get out in public to try to goad the investigation, to try to get something happening, to try to express what a parent in a situation like that feels. Um, and they didn't think anything was happening. In fact, it was, a, it was a kind of a classic traditional investigation. It went quicker than a lot of other investigations of such times go. And eventually it produced a result that uh, we are at today. Yeah. Okay, Keith Morrison for us. Keith, we thank you. And you can catch that special edition of Dateline tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern only on NBC. When we come back, Walmart Justice, a customer knocking down a man who had been brandishing a knife inside of a South Carolina store, what he used to take him out. Stay with us. We are back now with Top Stories News Feed, and we begin with the shocking takedown of an armed man in South Carolina at a Walmart. A warning, this video is also disturbing. Cell phone video captures a man waving a pocket knife and threatening people inside the store in Columbia. That's when another shopper hits the man over the head with a stanchion. He was okay, but the group held him down until police arrived. Overseas now to the explosion at a gas pipeline in central Lithuania. New video shows the massive fireball, flames reaching more than 150 feet in the air. So far, no injuries have been reported, but a nearby village was forced to evacuate. That cause is under investigation. And the Dallas Zoo was on lockdown after a, cl a clouded leopard escaped its enclosure. 
New footage shows officials finding the 25-pound four-year-old cat on zoo grounds late today. You can see it there if you look closely, I think. Officials say she tore through her habitat uh, overnight, forcing the zoo to close to the public. No other animals or humans were hurt. Okay, we want to turn now to the growing debate, gas stoves versus electric. You may have heard about this. The commissioner on the consumer of the Consumer Product Safety Commission fueling the controversy after calling gas stoves a hidden hazard. But what does the research say, and is anybody actually coming for yours? Our Sam Brock has the answers. Comments from a member of the Consumer Product Safety Commission, or CPSC, have fired up a major debate. Will the United States of America ban gas stoves? Can they even do that? Are these people insane? In an interview with Bloomberg, a commissioner with a government agency called gas stoves a hidden hazard. It comes as mounting research links gas stoves to health risks when it comes to breathing issues. A recent peer-reviewed study from a prominent medical journal found nearly 13% of childhood asthma cases in the U.S. are attributable to gas stove use. It's terrifying as a parent to have a small child, a toddler who has asthma. Heather Price's then two-year-old son used to need an inhaler. But when they moved to a nearby home with all electric appliances more than a decade ago, she says her son's respiratory issues improved almost instantly. Do you think there's a strong likelihood that the reason your son developed asthma was because of exposure to a gas appliance? That's my sense of it. It was the one thing that, you know, the big thing that we changed. While the agency says they are looking for ways to reduce indoor air quality hazards related to gas stoves, which also emit the greenhouse gas methane, they are not looking to ban gas stoves. Still, states like California and New York are already moving toward prohibiting the sale of new gas appliances by 2030 in an effort to reduce emissions. I think this is ridiculous, mostly because I hate cooking with electric stove. But experts say a nationwide ban is improbable, has already forced changes to your kitchen. It's extraordinarily unlikely that any future ban would ever require somebody to replace an existing appliance. What we're talking about is new construction, residential developments. So what are the pros and cons of different stoves, from gas and electric to newer induction technology? A lot of people, again that grew up with gas are very comfortable with it. They know Jeff Jaskot of Aggressive Appliances in Orlando says that electric and induction stovetops are not just safer, but more efficient, even if there's less panache than cooking on an open flame. So every chef in the world is probably going to kill me for saying this, but I would say induction is faster, is just as responsive, cools off quicker, easier to clean up. Sam, we're going to Washington and we're going to tell the politicians we have a solution. By induction. Everybody can be happy. Sam Brock, NBC News. Okay, we thank Sam Brock for that. Next tonight to a new initiative aimed at helping America's veterans. Starting next week, U.S. military veterans who are in a suicidal crisis will be eligible for free emergency medical care. This new policy includes up to 30 days of inpatient care and up to 90 days of outpatient care with no copays or fees. The VA reported that more than 6,000 veterans died by suicide in just 2020. Okay, we now turn to a new report raising the alarm about prostate cancer. It shows more men are being diagnosed with advanced cases. Tonight, NBC's Miguel Almaguer with a very personal connection to that story that he brings us. At 74, my dad, Tomas Almaguer, was enjoying retirement, traveling the world when his doctor broke the news. When you sat down with your doctor and he said you had prostate cancer, what went through your mind? I was stunned, uh, frightened, confused. The devastating diagnosis, which came six weeks ago, revealed his prostate cancer was advanced. Doctors discovering lesions after a routine blood test known as a prostate-specific antigen test, or PSA. It was really simple, really simple. Any reluctance in taking the test? No, not at all. Not, not once I understood that it was just a blood test that I needed to take. In a new report, the American Cancer Society revealed after a 20-year decline, prostate cancer cases have been on the rise in recent years. The sudden shift resulting in a 4.5% annual increase in advanced stage diagnoses likely due to a reduction in testing in previous years. Tests that have shown to reduce the risk of dying by 53%. I would encourage all men to get prostate cancer screening, especially in this era with less invasive testing. I happen to be in a situation where it's aggressive and it's more advanced. And, you know, I might have saved myself some grief had I done this even earlier.
To save lives, experts say men who have an average risk for developing prostate cancer should talk to their doctors about testing by age 50. For African Americans or those with some family history, conversations should start at 45. But for those with two or more immediate family members with prostate cancer, the age is 40. If my sons and my grandkids can get on top of this at an early age, then that's the smartest thing to do. Tonight, the cancer risk all men face and the diagnosis their families live with. All right, Miguel Almaguer joins us now. Miguel, first, I just want to thank you on sharing this story and bringing it to our viewers. I know it takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage to share something so personal. I do want to start this crosstalk with you asking you, how, how is your dad doing tonight? Well, Tom, thanks for asking. I really appreciate it. My dad, like so many other American men, is in the place where he needs to make a decision right now. He's got the diagnosis. He has to figure out what's the best strategy to kind of take care of the cancer. In his case, it'll either be radiation or surgery. As a family, we'll discuss those measures. But ultimately, it comes down to the patient or my dad in this case. And, of course, we're all hoping the best for him. Yeah, and you point out in your story when men should get tested, you know, usually around the age of 50. If African -American, they're African-American around the age of 45, and if there's a history, even as early as 40, what are some of the preventative measures that men can take? Well, the best thing for them to do is to talk to their doctors. Those changing guidelines actually caught me by surprise. I mean, we just found out six weeks ago that my dad had prostate cancer. So for me and my brother, it actually lowers the age of testing to 40. I'm 45, my brother's 48, so we're well past due now for that PSA testing. But everybody, whether you have some, a relative or not who may or may not have um, cancer of this nature, the best thing to do is just to simply talk to your doctor. Send them a message, ask them, am I a candidate? Should I get tested? The PSA testing super simple and it can save your life and again miguel a big thank you to you we will be keeping your dad in our prayers all right coming up second act actor ki hoi kwan winning his first golden globe this week for his role in everything everywhere all at once but his journey to the top was not always an easy one his incredible story and his speech next caesar's sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with caesar's rewards that means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. We're back now with something that caught our eye this week because it was such an honest and powerful human moment. Kihoi Kwan returned to Hollywood after a 20-year acting hiatus with his thrilling performance in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. But while he's captivating audiences once again, Quan made sure he never forgot the man who first gave him his big break decades ago, and he answered the one question that had been haunting him his whole career. That's Kihoi Quan walking to the main stage of the Golden Globes. Thank you, thank you so much. Accepting the award for Best Supporting Actor for his role in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. If you're a movie lover, he may look and sound familiar, but you have to go way back to remember. Try almost 40 years back. This is Mr. Round. Shut Round. My name is Indiana Jones. That's Quan in Steven Spielberg's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, making his movie debut <laughs> and stealing scenes from the film's superstar, Harrison Ford. Wow, holy smoke, fast landing. Short round, set That breakthrough performance led to another role in another Spielberg film the very next year. He played Data in the cult classic Goonies. And again, Juan was getting all the laughs. No, I got a great idea, you guys. Slick shoes. Slick shoes, are you crazy? I told uh, Key that we wanted him in Goonies even uh, before anyone else had been you know, cast. We actually designed that part. Uh, uh, Key came first and the writing of that role came second. But after back-to-back -back home runs, the child actor everyone was talking about 
started to find Hollywood was quick to forget. He would go 20 years without acting, talking about that struggle in his Golden Globe speech. As I grew older, I started to wonder if that was it, if, if that was just luck. For so many years, I was afraid that I had nothing more to offer, uh, that no matter what I did, I would, I would never surpass what I achieved as a kid. Then acknowledging the famous director who gave him his big shot. I was raised to never forget where I came from and to always remember who gave me my first opportunity. I am so happy to see Steven Spielberg here tonight. Steven, thank you. And the directors, decades later, who gave him another chance. More than 30 years later, two guys thought of me. They remembered that kid. And they gave me an opportunity to try again. It wasn't luck, as he once thought, but talent that got him on the silver screen. Dan Kwan, Daniel Scheinert, thank you so, so much for helping me find my answer. You have given me more than I could have ever hoped. Can't get enough of that speech, and we hope to see more of Kwan in the near future. When we come back, a look at what to binge this week in a new animated series by Mindy Kaling, plus the star-studded film about the first black U.S. naval pilot and new music from Miley Cyrus and Shakira. That's next. It is Friday, which means we are back with Binge Worthy, a look at the best things to watch and listen to this weekend. And we are joined by the host of the podcast, Killer Questions with Darren Karp, and Shaken and Disturbed as well as a Bravo personality and a close, close friend of Top Story, Darren Karp. How Welcome back. Happy New Year. Thanks. Happy New Year. We yeah, I guess. say we that. that right? We get one. We get one. We get one. Um, I want to get right into it because it's, I'm just ready for the weekend. Yeah. First up, it, it's called The Drop. And I got yes. anxiety when, when the team told me about this. We have a clip. I want to run it first and then we can talk about it after. Got it. She's okay. Oh, she is very resilient. Babies are. Peggy, you don't want to coconut do you this is not totally appropriate joshua you're in a hospital not a hammock okay so it gave me anxiety because <laughs> it's about a baby being dropped yeah i was like is this a drama and they're like no it's clearly a comedy and it's for a couple that really is like starting to think about having a family this is like the ultimate cringe comedy yeah on uh, anna conkle who plays the woman who does drop the baby okay. stars in my other favorite cringe comedy pen 15 so this is out on hulu right, right now and she's partnered with jermaine fowler it's really funny a little cringe for a parent yeah. i am not that so i feel like i can kind of watch uh, feeling very very safe but yes yeah, she drops a baby and it's a little bit of the mishap. And it's funny? It's very funny, but it's cringe. Sick humor. All right. Yes. Uh, next up, we have adult animation. It's a series from Mindy Kaling on HBO Max that revolves around Velma, you may remember from the Scooby-Doo franchise, and serves as a new twist on the mystery in Crew's origin story. Love, Scooby-Doo. Let's take a look. My name is Velma Dinkley, and I've decided to finally share the bone-chilling events that drove me to assemble the greatest team of spooky mystery solvers ever. This is my story, told my way. Ah! She has no brain! Oh, I'm not dissing her. She has no brain! And it starts with a murder. All right, Darren, I want to be honest with you. I read a review this morning that was not good. It was okay. a rough review. So okay. how is it? All right. Are you a fan of Scooby-Doo? Yeah, I, lo I grew up love Scooby-Doo. Okay, so Velma gets her due in Scooby-Doo. I mean, it's an adult animated series. It's a little more kid than adult for me, but this does warm my gay heart because we've always had the suspicions about yeah, Velma. Yeah, that was the rumor. And they nod to it in this film. She describes her in Peppermint Patty, which I okay. very much so relate <laughs> to. But Mindy Kaling plays Velma in this. It's fun. It's light. You're not going to get cinematic glory right. from it, but it's a good binge, I think, that you could watch with the kids, too. I feel they've done so much with Scooby-Doo over yep. the last decade. Because everyone loves it. They all want to yeah, bring it back. Yeah, it's a franchise you know, they, keep, they keep sort of reinventing. Everything's derivative. Okay, we have another series on HBO Max this time again, The Last of Us, and it's actually based on a video game, which I did not know. Let's take a clip of the, look at the clip. Why are you so important? Somewhere out west. They're working on a cure. I think what really impressed them was the fact that I didn't turn into a monster. 
if she so much as twitches. Okay, always a big fan of HBO Max. I just think they have, like, the golden touch sometimes. How's this? Me too. I usually am skeptical of any video game adaptation, right. but this one is actually kind of beautiful. Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey star in this. They pay Joel and Ellie, not father and daughter, but kind of have that vibe in this post-apocalyptic world. This is actually from the creators of Chernobyl, the Emmy Award-winning oh, series. Which beautiful. Is yeah. Beautiful. So that just kind of says all you need to know about this Beautiful about a horrible thing, but it was beautifully shot. Beautifully yes. shot, as yeah. is this. Uh, a little walking daddy, if you, a little zombie So there is because usually video game adaptations are action-driven, but this almost felt like a drama. This is a drama. Okay. It's a little bit of a thriller because it's about, you know, zombies kind of okay. taking over the world, but beautifully done and very, very cool. Okay, next let's turn to a movie on something called Netflix. Um, yes. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's supposed to be, like, a good startup. It's called Doggone. It's starring Rob Lowe, who I love, and it's based on a true story about a father and son's search for their lost dog, and I, I hear it's pretty sad. It's cute. Okay, it's let's, sad. let's watch. Conker isn't any dog. He's my best friend. Everyone needs one soul who loves you because you are you. That's who Conker was for me. But now he's lost. Conker! I promise you we will find that dog. You promise? How can you say that? Because I believe it. I'm asking Darren here silently if it's like Old Yeller. Is 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 is, is no. there any sort now? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. This is based on true story. A father and son. Father's played by Rob Lowe, yeah. who go hike the Appalachian Trail. They kind of have a fractured relationship, okay. and this really brings them together. So yes, it's about finding a dog. We all love dog yeah. films, anything with animals. But this is really about bringing their relationship back to life, and it is an inspiring true story. Some people are saying this is actually kind of the adventure film of the year. Really? I'm not saying that, but other people are saying that, and it should, it's it's heartfelt. I love a good father and son film i might have dad issues i'm not sure but um <laughs> what's the name of the dog it's like gonker it's, it's gonker or conker and okay. I, I i had to listen to it like five times and it still behooves me so okay. whatever you know okay uh last up on our watch list is a movie that was first seen in theaters and it's now on streaming on paramount we've obviously seen this trend a lot plus devotion the star-studded feature based on a true story about the first black aviator in u.s navy history let's check that out the commanding officer called you one of the best pilots he's ever seen. It must be hard being the uh, naval aviator. Absolutely. The whole world's looking different. Did you ever think that you'd be in a squadron with a colored aviator? Lieutenant Tom Hudner, Jesse Brown. It's good to meet you. Looks really great. Paramount Plus, I want to correct myself there. Yep. Um, looks really great. Uh, Top Gun aspects, but but also a beautiful historic tale as well. I was going to say, yes, based on a true story, uh, this is actually a really beautiful film, and it's about the lost kind of American war, which is the Korean War. Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell stars these two best friends who actually are best friends uh, in real life, you know, with, with, the, with, the, with what the movie is based on, excuse me. And it is just beautifully done. I mean, this is about the first black aviator in U.S. naval history, which is kind of incredible, yeah. but just the shots are amazing. I did think a little Top Gun Maverick myself. Yeah. I thought I was going to see Tom Cruise kind of come out there, but it's a really touching, heartfelt, true story, which okay, I think I will brings nice to definitely watch that one. I'm yeah. actually more excited about our music this weekend because we got some we got some heaters, as yeah. I like to call them, and we also have a little bit of drama when it comes to music. First up, Miley Cyrus. Can you set the scene for the song before we listen to it? Oh my God. So first up, anything Miley Cyrus comes out with, I'm going to listen to. It's just a deep, raspy voice I love. The song Flowers. And just... some believe her voice is getting better from what I hear. I think it is. Miley I mean, Cyrus. I can't yeah. stop listening to this song. I've listened to it, I think, 25 times today. It's just something that you want to dance to, but it's really about being an individual. It's about self-love. Yeah. She doesn't need a man to buy her flowers, Tom. She's going to do it okay. herself. Let's take a listen. I can buy myself flowers, write my name in the sand, talk to myself for hours, say things you don't understand. I can take myself dancing, and I can hold my own head. Yeah, I can love me better than you can. And if Miley wants to dress in an evening gown and walk and dance in gold? And, and then take it off and have a bikini head, she's Miley Cyrus. Who are we to stop her? Yeah. Obviously, I have affinity for gold, but this is yeah. just so fun. And this is actually a song that's going to be on Endless Summer Vacations, which drops in March. Okay, next up, this is the drama-filled one, Shakira, yes. uh, with Biz Rap. It's called 
Biz Rap Music Session number 53. It's a huge diss track. Let's just listen. Let's talk after. Sure. So in Spanish there, I, I know there's a video with the subtitles, so people yeah, can Yeah, you helped me English. a little bit. Um, it's about her ex-husband. Gerard Piquet. Who che cheated on her. And, yes, and after 11 years. After 11 years. With two and, kids. And usually the, the diss track is something you find in hip-hop, not really Latin music, but... Uh, Shakira's going there. They're saying it's the diss track of the century. I right. believe it. I don't even understand half the track, and I can feel the heat in this song. Yeah, no, there's some, some serious knocks. There's some serious knocks, and I think after being together for 11 years, I mean, this was like a big blowout last summer, and now she's coming back with a vengeance, and we're all going to be on Shakira's side, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, finally, we have something to look forward to when it comes to the Super Bowl and Rihanna. She released a video. Let's take a look. It's been 2,190 days. Dude, Rihanna, we waited it's for you. It's been over six years since the nine-time Grammy winner. Rihanna is who everybody is waiting for. where have you been? We've been impatiently waiting for her. We got her Rihanna. The fans just predicted the end of The return of Rihanna. I know a lot of people are pumped up for this. We've been waiting and begging Gerard Carmichael. Gerard Carmichael made a nod to it at the Golden Globes. Everyone was just, everyone was focused on Rihanna, even though she didn't yeah. win. Like we've been waiting for better, for a better part of almost a decade, it feels right. like. But I think it's been about six years. And I think people who aren't even going to watch the Super Bowl for the commercials and don't even know about football, they're going to watch it for. And her. the best performances are artists who have a massive catalog of hits, and that's which Rihanna. Which she does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's got... And it's going to get people hit. jumping up and down. It's going to be great. Even at that video, which literally just had people squawking behind her, which wasn't even really a song, had right. people jumping up and right. down. So this is this is going to be a hit. It's going to be, be as powerful, I think, as Darren Karp on Bingeworthy. Like, people uh, are going to be saying I would that. say it's close second. Close second. Close okay, second. Yeah, yeah, that's that. what I think. Darren, thanks so much as always. We love having you on. Thanks for having me. All right, and we thank you for watching Top Story. I'm Tom Yamas in New York. Stay right there. More news on the way. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.